Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Radio Live. This is Father Randall Kazel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Uh, special greetings to all our Catholics in this area. Pine Islands, Umbrota, Rochester area, and for all of our listeners here this morning, glad to have you here on this Monday, February 28th, the last day of February, but also as we look ahead, only two days before we begin Lent. And so as we look forward and we pray for God's blessings in the days ahead, let us begin this time and this day with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. And St. Michael, the Archangel, pray for us. And our guardian angels, pray for us. And let us pray for the help of the Holy Spirit we all need to hear the word of God and to have his power animate our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise, and ever to rejoice in his consolation, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And remember, brothers and sisters, let's pray for those who are suffering or grieving due to violence, including the violence in the Ukraine and anywhere else in the world where people are experiencing strife, difficulty, that our Lord may grant us peace, and that through the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the pure heart of St. Joseph, all may come to know the love of Christ and want to have his life to live and rule within and share him with others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have a great show with you, so I hope you're able to stay with us here for the next few hours on Real Presence Radio. Remember, you can check out the website, realpresenceradio.com. Uh, we're going to have, at the bottom of this hour, a chance for you to call in, so stay tuned for that chance. And if you're looking ahead and you want to get ready for a question, uh, you can go through Real Presence Radio Facebook page or... 877-795-0122. You can call in at the bottom of the hour, 877-795-0122 with any questions. But here at the top of the hour, we have a wonderful guest with us, Dr. Susan Windley-Doust from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you, Father. It's good to be here. Great, Susan. We're glad to have you on, and you work with the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and Bishop Quinn. I uh, pray that that's many blessings. I'm sure it is. It is. It is. I've enjoyed it immensely. I've been here about three years now, and I'm the director of missionary discipleship, and there's never a dull moment, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I empathize with that, or maybe I'm joyful with you that, because of the Lord, every day is new and unique, and it's a, it truly is an <laughs> adventure. True. Yeah, That's every true. day is... That's true. Well, as we get started here, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself to be where you are uh, in uh, serving our Lord in the Diocese of Nona Rochester? Sure. I mean, I've for many years I was a college professor at St. Mary's University. Um, I was actually chair of the theology department um, at the end of my time there for almost two decades. 
And uh, towards the end of that time, uh, I just felt increasingly strong nudges to leave academia and to move into evangelization. Um, and after ignoring those far too long, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, Lord, if, you, if you're, you can make a pass, I'll do it. And, you know, give the Lord an inch, he takes a mile, he made a pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, like a week after that, um, the priest who was the vicar general at the time here, Monsignor Tom Melvin, came to me and said, you know, I've been hearing that you're looking to leave St. Mary's University and work in evangelization. Would you consider working for us? And I said, well, sure. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so that's how I got here. And uh, Missionary Discipleship was a new position in the diocese. Uh, it is a lot of evangelization. There's no question about that. Much of my work is actually working with parishes to help them uh, rethink what it means to be an evangelizing parish, to, to recognize that we need to go out to them. We can't just wait for people to come to us. And the other part of my job is really working on diocesan initiatives that would be a little bigger than a, a parish could pull off on its own. But these initiatives really have to focus on an outreach to those who need healing. Mm-hmm. Because I believe very strongly Jesus Christ is a healer, and that is actually one of the strongest evangelization moves that we can make, is to remind people of that, because we live in a really, really broken world. And that really connects with actually what we're talking to about today, and that is an initiative that we're um, putting forward in the diocese um, that is really an outreach to people living with disabilities for stronger and better participation and welcome in our parishes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, can you that's a little begin bit about by, me, and that's why, why I'm here today. <laughs> that's excellent, uh, Susan. And so, can you tell us a little about the the need for this ministry? Because our Lord leads us, and He shows us His desires, and you you have found something that our Lord desires you to collaborate with Him and to work with Him. So, tell us about the, this ministry to the, those in need uh, of uh, due to disabilities. Sure. Um, there's a lot to say, but I guess I'll start with sort of the personal note here. Um, I got involved in this uh, a little bit because when I was in my 20s, um, I contracted a disease where I lost half of my hearing and was in danger of losing the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're in your 20s, you, you sort of think you're immortal and nothing's going to happen to you. And so this was really shocking. Um, now... You know, thanks be to God, I, I'm better now. Um, the worst that was expected did not come to pass. But it was an eye-opening experience, to say the very least, as to what it would mean to live life with a disability. Um, then I got married to a man who has some significant vision issues. Um, so living with him and sort of helping him negotiate uh, what it means to be a person with a low vision uh, mm-hmm. what he can do, what he can't do, what kind of adaptations he needs. And then the Lord called us uh, a few years into our marriage to be open to adopting a child with special needs. Um, actually, believe it or not, from Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> so that was like 10 years ago. We were there uh-huh. uh, in Kiev, and we were adopting our son, Alex, who is a joy and a light, and he also lives with cerebral palsy and intellectual disability. And uh, by that point, we were fully in the deep end. (laughs) 
uh-huh. of working with people with disabilities because it was in our family. So just negotiating, you know, his medical needs, his social needs, his um, educational needs, you know, his family needs, obviously, all, all of that. So through all of that, I began working when I was teaching in uh what does it mean to talk about the theology of the disabled body? I, I was big into the theology of the body. I still am, <laughs> but I was teaching it a lot more then. Yeah, and um, and Pope John Paul II had said uh, in his in his work on the theology of the body, it's like you know I'm talking here about marriage and about sexuality. It's like, but I really want the theologians to go and expand this to all the realities that the human person lives um, in and through. It's like, oh, well, here's one of those realities, right? So, I mean, I just really began diving into that in a big way and learned pretty quickly just, uh, I mean, the main point that really brought me to proposing this initiative to Bishop Quinn uh, when I got here, and that was most people who live with disabilities in the United States are unchurched. That is, they don't attend any Mm -hmm. house of worship, It's like 80% or 85%. It's a crazy high number. And the reason for that is you would presume, because it's difficult for them to get there, and maybe our parishes, our churches, our houses of worship are not being as um, welcoming as they can be on this front. Now, honestly, the Catholic Church is doing better on this than some other churches do. Uh, I could get into that if you want me to, but just trust me on this. Sure. But we still have a lot of work to do. We, we still have mm-hmm. a lot of work to do when you see numbers like that. So, so that's what this initiative is about. It's really about doing a very deliberate outreach to people living with all sorts of different disabilities and saying, with Pope Francis, you know, the Church is your home. Mm-hmm. You belong here. And it's like, and if we have not treated you or welcomed you as well as we should have, teach us how to do that. We want to be better. So... That's what this initiative is about. It's, it's partially evangelization, and it's partially doing a much better job helping people participate who are already in our parishes, because there's a lot of good and wealth that we could all learn from each other on this. Mm-hmm. And as you're getting into this ministry of uh, serving with uh, a growing sensitivity to all the various uh, types of people, the needs of people in parishes, are there any trends that you see as far uh, as special needs that perhaps that could uh, help open the eyes of Catholics in a general way or help our listeners uh, from what you're learning so far that it might be an advantage for others that are listening? Sure. I mean, the thing that's challenging about this is because people living with disabilities, that's a huge category, right? Yes, exactly. And people need, yeah, exactly. And people need different things in order to participate fully and to be welcomed fully into the church. So really the biggest thing that any one of us can do is to recognize people as individuals, okay, and to really strike up a relationship and not presume that people can't do something, and also, of course, not presume that people can do something, but get to know that person first, and, you know, then ask the question, this Mm -hmm. kind, you know, what could we do to help you, you know, most fully participate here, um, help you feel welcomed, help you understand that you belong? For example, having a conversation with a young woman um, last week in the Rochester area, 
and uh, she she lives with on the autism spectrum, and she was saying, uh, you know, she can't drive. Um, now, getting a ride to mass is a doable thing for her with the social services that she has in place, but getting a ride to parish functions is not. So mm-hmm. she's able to go to mass, but she's not able to go to parish functions. And that's really painful to her because she'd like to be a lot more involved. <laughs> you know, she'd like to go to a Bible study. She'd like to go to a potluck. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, this seems like a solvable problem, right? Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's other people who are attending that very function, and it's not even like she has a wheelchair or anything like that. I mean, transport's not, wouldn't be that challenging, but it requires people knowing Right? It requires people asking, kind of, would you like to attend something beyond mass? So really the personal relationship goes a really long way on this, and it's always the place where you start with anybody who is living with a disability or that person's caregiver, if that, that person can't speak for him or herself. Yeah, it's amazing hearing, listening to you because, you know, I'm a pastor and I, I, every now and then this comes up, you know, Father, can you visit someone because now they're no longer able to go to Mass or I go to the nursing home or go to right. some homebound ministry. Uh, but then sometimes there there is this ride question and I don't always know how to solve that uh, because, um, you know, well, one of the things we work with are regarding the the safe environment and also ha- having things right. if we start if we start doing things through the parish and have you found any good ways to help recommend parishes to navigate because we always want to provide safety in a variety of angles but we also want to provide mm-hmm. the opportunity for people to encounter Jesus so right now we're in a a balancing act as I for better lack of better words I try to describe it that way no you're exactly right things like that are um, meant to help. And also, sometimes they get in the way, or at least we have to think of a way of, now, how do we do this with safe environment type things in effect and, and so forth? Um, I would say that one way to handle it is, is, for example, this young woman is actually getting her ride through social services, and uh, and it's simply they give her a certain amount of money to take a taxi or an Uber, which you can do in Rochester, maybe not most for listening here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if she had more money to, that was dedicated entirely to that, problem solved. Yep. And Susan, you know? we're going to we're gonna pause right there, and we'll come back uh, to this. We're going to take a short break. Uh, this is Father Randall Kazel at the Church of St. Michael Pine Island, and we're listening to Dr. Susan Winley doust on Real Presence Radio Live. Stay with us. More after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year, 
or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. This is Father Randall Kiesel broadcasting live here from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota, near Rochester. And thank you for being with us. We praise God for this beautiful day and each day being a gift from our good Lord an opportunity to love him and to serve him. And we have with us Dr. Susan Windley-Douse from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. She serves in the Office of Missionary Discipleship, and we're talking about uh, serving people with disabilities and, and how we can be sensitive to them and special needs that people have. Uh, Susan, thank you for being with us here this morning. Oh, you're welcome. And picking up back where we were, and, and uh, what, what sorts of things can we think of or consider on assisting those with various disabilities, and what sort of barriers do you see, and how can our listeners, uh, us, us Catholics out here in the active in the trenches, uh, assist those in the variety of disabilities we may encounter? Yeah, it's such a good and big question, <laughs> and I'll yes. try to go through some things, right? But, I mean, one of the things that... Uh, I would really encourage parishes to do is to look at their hospitality um, ministry, uh, whether you call them ushers or, or hospitality ministers or what have you, the people that you meet first when you walk in. Now, when you encounter somebody who ha- who is going around in a wheelchair or a walker or that sort of thing, if that person is a member of your parish, they probably know where to go in your church, you know, where you have it set aside for people who have mobility issues. But if they're new to your church, yeah, they have no clue. And and I've had this experience about a million times because we travel a fair amount in my family, and some places are really good about things like, okay, um, how can we help you? It's kind of, do you all all want to sit together? You know, things like that. Because my son is in a wheelchair. And uh, and lots of places honestly just don't. (laughs) Mm-hmm. They sort of hand us hand us the bulletin or hand us a book, and it's kind of, okay, thanks, but we need help knowing where to go. <laughs> yes. Right? I, so, I mean, really, sim- really simple things. I mean, nobody's being mean, right? I mean, they're, they're just not thinking. They're probably assuming, it's like, oh, you must know this parish. Like, yeah, I've done that, you know? 
If somebody's coming in and looks like they need help, it's a very simple thing to say, how can I help you? How can I help you? And then just let that person lead. Same thing with somebody who is walking in who clearly has vision issues. You know, if there's any kind of visible disability, uh, you don't need to say something that is going to be unclear about, like, you know, am I crossing the line here? All you have to say is, how can I help you today? All right, and let that person lead. So a little sensitivity on that front goes a really long way. Um, So hospitality ministry is huge. Uh, Another piece is uh, people who have intellectual disabilities, okay, uh, like my son, um, but so many people, so many people. You know, one thing I would encourage parishes to consider is to actually begin some kind of ministry, like a Bible study or what have you, that is specifically for people with intellectual disabilities. Now, you would probably want to do that in collaboration with some kind of whatever social services is set up in your county or in your town. If you have somebody in your parish who is a special ed teacher, you know, tap on that person and pick that person's brain. They may even want to lead it. Um, But it could be really, really simple. And it's a way of saying, like, you know, there is a place for you here. A lot of this may honestly not connect um, with the speed at which your brain works, right? I'm just speaking in my own experience, honestly, with my son. Mm-hmm. Like, but on the other hand, he does fully understand the basics of the Christian faith if you present it to him at his level. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if we're doing this for everybody else in the parish, a little bit of intention for this group of people would also be good. And honestly, the simplicity with which some of these folks are able to grasp that God loves them and God is powerful and a friend is really one of the most beautiful things that you will ever see in your life. It is such a rich and fulfilling ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, But we often don't think of doing something like that, right? And I don't know why, but maybe we should. Maybe we should. So, you know, that's a possibility. Um, people who are dealing with mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we don't want to step in and become psychologists, although we could absolutely refer people to Catholic Charities Counseling or whatever counseling is available in your area. Yes. But if there's any possibility, uh, if there's somebody in your parish who has the background, who is able to help people um, through some kind of support group for somebody, people who are going through depression, that's a lot of people. Anxiety is just shot up as a diagnosis through this pandemic, and we're not done yet. So that would be another way to really talk about, like, you know, there are psychologists who can help you with this, and you should see a psychologist if you possibly can, if this is a clinical issue. But there's also a spiritual part to this as well. You know, Jesus Christ is a healer, and he's walking with you in this. You know, how can we remember that Jesus is here in our midst and he's holding your hand in this. You're not going through this alone. Now, that's also a really powerful ministry that may, frankly, bring people into your church who are not even Catholic, but dealing with those mental illnesses and want a spiritual component to it. Because people are inherently spiritual, right? So when we look for this, we might as well give them the opportunity to look for it in the right place. <laughs> yes. Right? So... So there are things like that. Um, I'm going to say one more, just off the top of my head. Okay, so people who are um, who have low vision or are blind, 
um, just being a little aware of what your parish makes available for that. For example, if your parish uses missalette, um, it would be good to have at least a couple of large print missalettes for people who just have a hard time seeing. If your parish uses numbers to uh, somewhere near the front to sort of indicate, like, this is the number of the hymn in the hymnal for this particular part of the Mass and so forth. That's really common. Have somebody announce that as well, so at mm-hmm. least people know the name of the song. You know, things like that. Um, if you are going to go so far as to actually create Braille signs, that's ideal. I mean, especially for parishes that are in larger cities. Uh, but... One step at a time is my attitude, honestly, yeah. <laughs> with all of these uh, all, all of these matters. We've done a fairly good job of getting our pre-ADA churches up to speed and making it possible for people to get in. Now the focus really needs to be on how do we meet people where they are and walk with them towards Jesus. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. And as I was listening to you, I, of course, I'm one of my lenses is as thinking as a pastor and as a priest. And I was, uh, I think, in terms theologically, and if I were to describe it in words coming in that angle, it's striving to meet people with the act of charity that is needed or or that is that is um, uh, wanted or expressed based on on the the kind of physical poverty or the the the, the need that is there. So. Like, like I, right. I was thinking of somebody uh, who is, say, maybe they have a disability or a wheelchair. And I, I see this regularly in my parish. I, somebody's coming in either in a wheelchair or they have a walker. Well, what's, mm-hmm. where's, the, where's the first, well, maybe the first act of charity is to see, can I help you out of your car? Or can I help you walk to uh, the front door? But then it's to hold the front door open. Uh, so oftentimes we have people <laughs> there and they're, they're alert. So they're, they're catching that. And they're, that, that, it's a little thing. But that initial act of charity, that, that's how I try to describe it. And I, and I, have to, I, I admit, that's how I think of it myself. What, where, is the mm-hmm. charity that, where is the charity that's needed now? And to initiate, mm-hmm. that, to initiate that charity, to initiate the charity mm-hmm. where it's needed. I, many of the saints teach us that. I'm, I'm not sure if you have a patron saint that's your go-to saint as you're inspired to look at these things. But the one that I have a devotion to is St. Mother Teresa. Uh, our Lord inspired mm-hmm. her to initiate the acts of charity that were most needed. And thus she found Christ. Christ and the poorest of the poor, and showed charity mm-hmm. to those who not only didn't have food, but lacked a variety of kind of, of health. Uh, you know, she worked with lepers, she worked with uh, right. those with physical ailments, the dying, orphans, all sorts of, of, of works of charity she initiated. I think that's probably the goal of a parish life is, what is the charity that's needed, and can we all, in our own way, initiate acts of charity in whatever variety is in front of us and, and have the, the grace to recognize it and to do it. So uh, it's amazing work, really, when you think of it. It is. It is. I mean, love, love is always proactive, right? And, yes. you know, if we're called to be a people of love, then it means that we're called to proactively, you know, put on the lenses that Christ had, right? Yes. <laughs> and see people in that way. And it's kind of, how can I help you? How can I serve? And I think sometimes we don't always think about that within our own parish, which is just kind of odd, but but there you go. I mean, we think of serving people outside of our parish, and of course we, we should, um, but if we could serve each other in the parish, you know, we could learn so much from each other that it over and over again, we always hear, it's like when I serve I receive so much more than I give. 
And, and that's just the beautiful mystery of love, right? Yes. <laughs> that's just how it works. So nothing is lost by this, but it takes intentionality on our part. And that's a lot of what this initiative is meant to awaken. It's to encourage that intentionality and also to recognize, you know, if you have questions, you don't need to just sit there with the questions. Like there are people to talk to. You could talk to me. Mm -hmm. We can talk to a couple of other people in our um, diocese who are sort of tapped on them, Dina Patrika and Father Patrick Arns. And there's the National Catholic Partnership for Disability, which is available to everyone in the United States. Just look it up online, Mm -hmm. National Catholic Partnership for Disability. So many resources. They do phenomenal work. Yeah, I have a question for you on that level, Susan. I, I know yeah. I'm, I'm actually just north of the boundary here. I'm in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, yeah. but I rub elbows with many people in this area to the south in the Rochester, in the sure. Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Uh, many great relationships. Uh, but it, I know the Archdiocese some years ago, I think it's probably going on 10 years ago, I recall, they, the, uh, somebody working in family life put together a list of, of Catholic psychologists and psychiatrists and, and uh, distributed that to pastors. And that, that was a helpful resource. Uh, mm. oftentimes. But I find, uh, do, do you have any resource like that? Or would you recommend in the in the various dioceses who are listening here, we cover a broad range here, Real Presence Radio, but do you have a resource like that of of local uh, Catholics who offer services? Uh, in fact, I, I get asked that question regularly. Um, and if you do, I need to get that from you. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> and they, well, I have to admit, I wish I did. I wish I did. Um, and it's a question that we do get fairly often. And usually in terms of counseling, we, we say go to Catholic Charities. Okay. Um, and that would be Catholic Charities in Southern Minnesota and, and our diocese. Um, so that's certainly an option, but they're, they're not the only option. Um, and so if it's a matter of trying to get to the first person that you can get a hold of, sure. um, yeah, it would be helpful to have a list like that. We we don't have it. Um, and that would be, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Very good. Well, Susan, we're, we're out of time here this morning. It's been wonderful to have you on. May our Lord continue to bless you in your good work uh, of acts of charity and serving those with disabilities. Uh, thank you, Dr. Susan Winley Dowst from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, who serves in the Office of Missionary Dis- Discipleship, and particularly those with disabilities. Susan, thank you for being with us here on Real Presence Radio. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And all our listeners out there, stay with us. Next up is coming uh, the opportunity for you to call in and to ask your questions. We are doing a Real Presence Radio call-in, and at, we'll be right back after this short break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 